Hi everyone and welcome to episode 221 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always joined by KC. Hello. How's things, mate? Not bad, considering we lost to Man United and season's ruined already, but yeah. Oh, that's not why the season's ruined. There's loads of reasons why the season's ruined. Um, and if you go on Twitter, that I have seen people legitimately talking about back in Leeds to get relegated. Oh, Sunderland. Yeah. Back to... Well, we'll find out. I mean, there might be a thing that says why people are feeling this way, but we will start with the friendly. This was a four o'clock kickoff, so I'm guessing you've at best seen the highlights. I listened to some of the second half because it was on Radio Leeds. Oh, was um, it? I didn't realize it was on radio. Uh, I I didn't, to be honest, until just after or just before the start of the second half. Mm. Um, and my my favorite part about that broadcast was that. It was essentially a season, so it was sort of like a catch-up episode at the start of a new series of something, and the football that was going on was just getting in the way of Adam Pope catching people up. Right. <laughs> so not the um, not to it. It wasn't the same level of intensity as a normal commentary. Then. No, not really. Um, there there was a goal. And then we just kept on talking about the state of the squad. Yeah, well, I think that that's what most of this will be, because I think we will breeze through the game and then be talking about the state of the squad a lot. But uh, fortunately, because I, I made a very I made enough of a song and dance on Twitter that I think everyone knew I wasn't going to pay eight quid for it. But there were other means of watching this game on the internet, fortunately. Uh, and the only bit that it skipped was Scum's second goal, so I was kind of OK with that. Um so, yeah, first half, pretty young Leeds team. Um, Glasson in goal, drama at right back. Uh, Jeremiah Mullen and Liam Cooper at centre-back. It was nice to see Yelder at left-back as well. He did quite well with drama. Uh, JB in midfield with Shackleton and Greenwood sort of as a 10. Um, and Pereira on the right, and Estelle on the left and Rutel up top. Uh, in the first half, I thought Leeds did pretty well. Um, Sorry, I'm just thinking of that meme of... Um... Liam Cooper walking into that team saying, hello, fellow children. Hello, fellow children. Um, we were pretty decent in the first half. Like, it was... For, in the first 15 minutes, I think I put on Twitter, Leeds are looking like a team that aren't used to having the ball whenever they get it. But that's with good reason. We've had, <laughs> they've, had 18, they've had 18 months of being coached to not have the ball. So there was a few weird ones. But, like, like uh, Mullen got caught in possession... Like just caught by Man United pressed as a five against him, literally. Like if if he'd have had his head on, he could have just flicked it past him, and we might have had a chance to break. But legitimately, he had like five of them running at him, and he lost out to Mason Mount, who chipped one over. He made a mistake. There was a um, class and played one really awful pass out, and I was sat there going, "I don't care. We're actually trying to pass the ball out of the back." And like moving and midfielders are dropping in and trying to make space. I'll actually accept a few, especially in pre-season. Fine, make mistakes, but at least they're trying to play. Um, Man United had the best of it, but not by not by a ridiculous amount. And we, when we did get the ball down on the counter, you could see some of there in possession. And there was a lot more movement and... There was a bit more intent there, a bit more intent with the break. Like when they went, they really went. Like five of them would go. It was a, it was quite good to see. Um, 
the main ones to step come out of it with credit, Chris Classen was uh, other than that one horrible pass. Chris Classen did really well in goal, made two really good saves, and kept a clean sheet for the first half. That's all you could do. Uh, drama at right back was pretty good. JB middle of midfield was good, and stood out more as good because truth be told, Shackleton and Greenwood. Greenwood did a couple of decent things in the final third, but in midfield looked nowhere near. And Shackleton, I genuinely forgot, was playing several times. He just didn't look there. And that's not like him, because he's normally, even if he's not playing well, he's all action. He's normally at right back as well. Yeah, but he just <laughs> he just wasn't there. Um, so JB stood out well. Sinistera looked to cut above. We really uh, I know, we, shocking. <laughs> if we if we can keep if we can keep him, that would make such a massive difference if he I could mean, stay fit as well. I, I will say it, it is very much looking into things here, and I don't want to go down the wacko route of anything, but when you see him featured on like the video of him boarding the plane. And things like that, and the, the players who weren't featured and stuff like that, you, you do tend to end up reading into these things. But there weren't. Yeah. You you look at the team that travelled, and I know there are some that won't have started back yet because of internationals and stuff like that. But on the whole, the players who you expect to leave weren't involved. Mm. Which yeah, I mean, th- does, that we're which... actually involved that we expect to leave was for anyone. Uh, I still think Strauch will go and he was involved. Um, I'd, I'm, I'd, I'm saying that in terms of uh, this, and this is probably going to be harsh to Strauch at this point. The big names, yeah, if, because obviously the the, the was there, there is the talk of Bamford going, um, but Bamford uh, would be very unlikely to be the. No, I'm done with this club now. Um, I, you know, I want out and sell me. I think it's more a case of it's probably time I go. But while I'm here, yeah, um, you know, as opposed to, and I'm just pulling a name out, Jack Harrison, who obviously no international football, so he has no reason to not be there. Yeah, than, it's literally just either than, he is injured now or he's avoiding injury going forward. Yeah. And and again, I'm saying that as as uh Jack Harrison party fun boy. That is yeah. what I am. Um but yeah, like notable by his absence there, despite the fact there is no known bids in yet for him. You know, I yeah. know there is the interest there, but um so yeah, it was it was nice to see Sinistera. Nice to see him complete. Ooh, forty five minutes. Yeah, there was a little bit of a. There was definitely something in Sinistera and Ruter linking up. They there was a couple of like there was a couple of moments where Ruter like got on the ball, just ran forward at fifteen yards and played a through ball with the correct weight. And you kept looking at it going, we had no one that could do that the last two months of last season. <laughs> Look at you with some skill. Look at you just doing something, right? Um, And, you know, I thought that they all did well. And to be fair to him, I was amazed to see him playing, but Ian Pereira played pretty well. Uh, I mean, one of the things I know we said last time, and I said before, I'm not his biggest fan, but he he is certainly an energetic player 
likes to get forward, likes to attack. Um, I, th- I think my biggest problem with him was his sheer lack of any end product. Yeah. Um, and that he didn't get much chance to have end product in this, to be fair with him. But I've played no, there was, I think. But there's, like you say, I think I think he's he, he sort of linked up well with with Sinisera and Ruta, didn't he? Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I mean, again, if he if he has a good preseason and looks like he could be part of the squad, I'm not against him sticking around. I just ultimately yeah. don't think he is going to be third or fourth choice. Yeah, same. It, a lot does depend on who goes out, but we'll see with that. The other, sorry, the other one that just came to mind, by the way, of uh, not being involved in this whatsoever, was uh, Helder Costa. Yeah. Oh, oh, they did say, I can't remember who, who it was. was it Costa. The Furpo and someone else travelled, mm. weren't injured, but weren't fit to play. Furpo was shown yeah. travelling. Yeah, it was Furpo and someone else, and I cannot right now for the life of me remember who the other person was. Um, which is normally, you know, it means it can't have been that vital. Um, so yeah, for the second it hasn't half, been, hasn't Leeds, been for a while. Yeah, Leeds made ten changes. The only player that stayed on was Cody Drama, who went to left back. I assume because Furpo was going to have that forty-five minutes. You'd, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um. So Ailing came on at right back. Strauch played left centre back. Chris Moore right centre back. Then Drama. The midfield became Archie Gray and Lewis Bate. Uh, Van den Hervel in goal. But, um, and then it was Matteo Joseph on the left. Bamford, Gelhart nominally is 10, but they were basically a front two. And then there will have been someone on the right wing. I can't remember who. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm judging from the highlights, we didn't... We didn't venture forward all that much, despite Manchester United's much more inexperienced lineup for the second half. Um, the the highlights being Archie Gray oh, firing. Dan James. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Who Arch- did have a couple of moments, but nothing special. I mean, what did you have? You had Archie Gray firing a shot into the side netting. That was a, that was quite a good effort. Yeah. And Pat Bamford being offside and having one stopped on the line. Yeah, um, I must admit, it was uh, the second half. As, as worried as you can be about the first friendly against, like Man United team on paper got much worse for the second half, and on paper, ours probably got stronger. And we got definitely worse, and they got better. We um, like we just didn't. We we weren't as good with the ball, and then we, we were about. We were about the same defensively, that apart from there was a couple of big mistakes um, that actually got punished. Because uh, you're hoping That's... when you see a team like that, you're hoping that, oh, well, if there's a mistake, you sort of want it to have been Chris Moore or, so, you know, a young kid, and you go, oh, well. But no, like the first goal is completely Strauch's fault and the second one's Ehrling's. Yep. Um. And yeah, we just we just weren't as good in the second half. It, it wasn't all to worry about. Like Van den Hervel was fine in goal. I I liked watching Lewis Bate play in midfield, but I have to, but I admit to a bias on this one. Uh, I have to say I wasn't happy watching um, Van den Hervel in goal uh, because they did a close up and he needs to sort his mustache out. 
I, I that to me sounds like a winner. <laughs> if he doesn't care, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looks he looks great. He looks great for someone who had a broken back, you know, less than a year ago. I've got I've got to give him that. Um, it was it was he was out for like six eight months, wasn't he? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a tough. I mean, it's certainly. I obviously I know you can blend the two teams to make a stronger team, but it definitely cried out. Please, please sign some central midfielders. Yeah, the wind cries signings. Yeah, like we need okay. some signings, but from this team, I could put together. I I think you could put together a pretty good championship team without making additions, apart from central midfield. Yeah, and and. and that you know, at best, I'm putting a lot of faith in in JB to carry the central midfield area, mm. and I don't like. I want him to be a part of it. I don't want him to be pivotal at this yeah. point. Yeah, the uh, this the squad really did look light, and it and it is. Um, I will say just because it's fair point out. I think of the attacking four. None of them had the chance to do loads, but Mateo Joseph probably looked the best of them on the day. Like he, he, he showed a bit of direction. And uh, the version I was watching was the MUTV version. And you can, other than they really didn't know anything about the actual history of things, like at one point they mentioned fans expecting too much, being why Bielsa got sacked, even though the fans really didn't want him sacked. You know, there was a couple of things like that. But when it came to the actual Leeds players, they were pretty fair. And what they did was they were really praising Joseph. And they were not, oh, they really weren't happy with Patrick Bamford's performance. <laughs> Which I thought they were too harsh on, but it was quite funny because they were, it shows that now that we're not in the same league, they're really just not as bothered about us. And I'm basically, I couldn't give a shit about them now. They've just gone. I hope they lose every week, but I don't care like I do when I'm in the same league as <laughs> I mean, this this you know, Man United fans also seem to make a super cut of Mason Mount's performance to uh, tear it apart and destroy him as a player already. So, um, who do, who do they think they are? <laughs> He's not Bailey Peacock Fowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no pressure. Imagine if. I, I have watched the first preseason friendly, which typically is a notoriously slow affair. Yeah. And went, no, that's it. He's shit. Yeah. In fairness, that's what my dad did the first time he watched Furpo, and then he spent like years proving him right. <laughs> <laughs> um so we run about how light the squad is. So some of these we knew were going to happen, but since the last podcast. Robin Cock, loan to Antrack Frankfurt for the season, contract's up at the end of the season. So that's that. Diego Uente, loan to Roma, no option, no money coming in. Brendan Aronson, loan to Union Berlin, there's no option, there's no transfer fee coming in. About 20 minutes ago, Rasmus Christensen joined Roma, straight loan, no option coming in. And Rodrigo has gone to Al Ryan in Qatar for the enormous sum of £3 million. We've spent what 13, 31, We've spent about 90 million on those players and recouped 3 million going into this season. 
Well, you see, uh, we can move these players on to try and uh, recoup some of those funds. Here's mate. I, there's going to be me gets that reference. That's a, it's a cracking Kevin Nash reference, if ever there was <laughs> one. Um, it's obviously it is very disappointing. I'm still in two minds of the, with the Christian thing, Christensen thing, just because there was the I, you know, I would like to stay and play a part with this team. Ooh, what's that over there? Um, that does beg the question about Jose Mourinho's defensive philosophies these days. Though he's looked at Leeds and thought, yeah, they're solid. Do you think that he's just trying to prove a point that he really is a good defensive coach? He's going to go, <laughs> they were the shittest defensive team in the Premier League. Italy is notorious for his defending. I'm going to bring in these players and we're going to be really good defensively. Yeah. Uh, what it actually is, is that neither of them is going to play. They're just going to be on the bench. I mean, again, you, the the main thing for us at this point seems to be getting players off the wage bill. So I, I imagine the majority, if not all of the players' wages are being paid. And I know we've, uh, it was said about Robin Cock, his wages are being paid and some oh, sort I, of... I have to assume all the wages are being paid as part of these loans. They just have to be. Yeah, and then I think there was some loan fees as well. So and, and you'll probably get the weight. You're probably recouping the wages and maybe getting a million or two out of them on on top of that. Yeah, maybe. They, um, but it, it's with, still... With the way the uh, profit and sustainability as it is now, because back in the AFL works, it's all wages as a percentage of turnover and stuff is really important, isn't it? Yeah. So the, you the get? getting them off the wage bill does matter that much. Yeah. Um and, and and again they were saying on the square ball if you kind of did the, the maths on Rodrigo's wages, you're probably saving five million. Um, which will go into Simon's war chest, I imagine. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, um it's obviously it's very disappointing. Rodrigo, it's it's not that surprising because it's the last year of his contract, because of his age. Um because we got relegated are all yeah. factors in in a really low fee but he even with the reductions i imagine would have been the highest earner well yeah if if everyone was losing 50 percent of the wages whoever was highest earner before still is yeah it's just um, high less the what i would like to know and i don't know if we'll be able to find this out because they said that his release clause was three million i would like to know if in his contract it was just relegation release clause of three million or if it was, if we get rele relegated in the first season, your relegation release clause is fifteen million. Second I, season, it's ten. Third can, season, it's, if it works like that, I can just about get my head around it. You'd have to hope so, considering he was at the time the club record signing. You know, um, had been an impressive release clause. His his agent has negotiated otherwise. If it's if we go down, that you're only getting three of it back. Yeah. Um, but it is also Victor Orta who has put all of these you can fuck off on loan, we don't even have to, need to sell you clauses in. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing to, to have to be paying the weight, you know, to be still have on the books a player that won't have played for you for 18 months by the time this season finishes with your rent. Mm. 
Cock, I sort of understand. Who, 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 lest we forget, we gave a new contractor just before we went on loan to Roma. Yes. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the Brendan Aronson one, I know we spoke about, but I, like, it's very difficult to see him coming back to us from this, even if we go up. Like, yeah, I think, un, un, I think unless best... he has unless he has a spectacular season and we go right, we're, we're back and he's two stone heavier and has an end product. Jesus, he's basically in Perpeda. Yeah. The um the thing that I was gonna say about him is I think our best bet is he does well at Union Berlin and it allows us to sell him for a decent amount of money. Rather than he ever comes back. Yeah, I mean I think I think the waters are, are muddied with him anyway. Not in terms of anything he's done, just people are sick of his soft shit, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, get up. <laughs> get up, they're counter-attacking. Yeah. And wear shit defensively. So yeah, that's that they've done. Uh there is we have replaced Marcus Abad, uh, Ed Wooten. Sorry, Woot ten in the his scene as it's spelt like that. Uh Ed Wooten has replaced Marcus Abad as goalkeeping coach. He was at, he's been at Norwich since like 2015, and he was their first team one since 2017. So he worked with Harker all the way through. Fair enough, makes sense. Yeah, and I've, I have hope, nothing to add to that. Yeah, hopefully, we can just actively stop having his goalkeepers regress in front of our face because that would be progress. Mm. Yeah, um, the. There's a couple it's of new exciting, contracts for young it, really? Yeah. There's a couple of new contracts for young kids. Max McFadden, who's a forward slash winger. He played a couple of games on wing for under 21s back end of last season. Looked skillful and direct, but it was seeing him twice for 25 minutes. So I can't really read much into it. And Scott Godden, who apparently is centre back slash left back for the under 18s, who I don't think I've ever seen play. Um, and we have two more children for uh, the Facebook dads to be annoyed at us signing because they aren't going to make an immediate impact. Um, first, Josh McDonald from Hamilton Academical, Scotland under 16 international midfielder. There was a, he's one of them where if you Google him, there's a lot of stories linking him with a lot of clubs. But he isn't the Champions League interest. Yeah, he isn't the one with. Sort of the bigger rep, the one with the bigger rep is Lewis Piri from from Aberdeen, who apparently was two hundred grand, and then there are various clauses and add-ons if he comes good. Uh, he's got fifty-one goals for club and country last season, and he's the one where there was a lot more concrete interest from all over the place, and it does sound like we've done pretty well to get him. Um, several Premier League clubs and Celtic were definitely trying to get him. Uh, you always like to see that a young sixteen-year-old that's highly rated. He'll probably be good. He'll probably be good to a. Uh, have a look at on Football Manager 2024. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to remember who they were talking about in, in terms of um, who it was that had made broken Chelsea's record for youngest appearance in like the last decade because it was uh, Martin Woods was the one prior to that. And it's uh, it's always stuff that made... It'll be Lewis Hall. That was it, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's always like players like that that... Get, just get reminded of stuff like that. The, the that era where players left us, and, and I'm not saying this as a as a harsh criticism of them. You know him, um, 
Danny Rose obviously did it as well, and, and sort of a bit later on you had Luke Garbutt going out as well, and it, it became a thing of young players leaving us. So it's quite nice to be the poacher, I suppose. Yeah, it's, I don't like it. Casey and Dawson's trophy hunting. Well, <laughs> just off camera is the the, the mounted head of Dario Meadows, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't find Oliver Sarkic, but uh, one day. Um, no, like it's that thing of I don't like the idea of, of clubs poaching young talent at, like this, but this is the world we live in, so you have to be good at it, basically. Um, so yeah, at least we're doing it again. If we could get like. Three sixteen-year-old left backs in there. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah, you just want any left back, don't you? Um, any that you can, and the the um, can we have twelve of them? Just and just <laughs> one of them's got to be good, right? Uh, and the only last bit of news is that uh, Leeds have added another friendly, which is playing Forest at Burton Albion's ground on Thursday, twenty-seventh. And next friendly isn't until a week on Saturday. Um. And that would have been pretty much it for the podcast today. It was going to be short. Uh, but then, a couple of hours ago, Pablo Hernandez retired. Oh, oh Pablo. Oh. Now, obviously, we, like every single Leeds fan on the planet, we love Pablo Hernandez. We went out to watch Castellon in May, which I'm really glad we did. Now he's retired. Because we wouldn't have got... <laughs> we thought that there might be one more year, but... Was that was that the his penultimate game then at at home? Um, well, no, it was ended the, up was the being, two home was the two home games in the playoffs. It, it'll have ended up being third to last because the last game of the season was away, and then they had home in the playoff semi final, and then the playoff final. Yeah, also two legs. Um, it's a real shame that they couldn't get promoted to go up and that have that be the way he finished. Hmm. But he's just he was a unbelievable footballer, one of those very few players. You don't get many that are just an actual joy to watch. They just have that special thing about them that makes them stand out above everything else. It's not just that he was creative or that he was skillful. He was so like just it was it was beautiful to watch when he when he was at his best. It was unbelievable. He should have and never it, been. And he it was have been in the championship. He just shouldn't have been in the championship. He should have been higher up. Than that. He should have been in the championship. He shouldn't have been in Qatar. No, <laughs> like. The the that's the thing that like he was by the look of things winding down, um, and then yeah, him he just came in one year and stayed and kept going and was brilliant, and the the couple of years before Bielsa came in, he was the absolute highlight of the team, and yeah. then Bielsa came in. And he was still the highlight of the team in just a different manner. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there was it was good for loads of things, but that run of fixtures at the back end of the promotion season, where you, by that point, he wasn't quite as fit as he had been. So they kept not starting him in games. And he just kept coming on and being the best player on the pitch and winning us a game. And that was that. Those those half time 
sub appearances post lockdown were amazing. You just just this guy who, like I say, had he had his injuries, was, was struggling for fitness, so you could clearly only get forty five minutes out of him. But my God, did he come on and turn games, turn games on the head, or just do something to to really unlock a team? Um, you know, you just think about that pass for Jack Harrison in the Fulham game. Just yeah. over his shoulder, just on the turn. Um, I think as some Fulham fans described it, a hopeful long ball in behind. Yeah. That's what um <laughs> Yeah. That's 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 one of the most you know, like I can't think of a better phrase than butthurt things that someone has yeah. said. Just like, oh, it's just a long ball over the top. No, it isn't. It's one of the best passes you're ever going to fucking see. <laughs> I know but, that we all, you, everyone has a bias, but come on, lads. <laughs> you know, the, he he was a man who who had a penchant for for a nutmeg or two. Mm. Um, his range of passing was fantastic. Could, could always come up with a goal. Decent at set pieces. Um. He was just I obviously I hate mentioning this man's name, but it's probably the best technical player we've had since Harry Kewell. Oh, I think he was better. <laughs> well, I'm very happy to say that. But but I mean if you if you think po certainly post relegation, yeah, he, he's he the was... best he's the best player to have played and and you look at some of the players that were in there in terms of Certainly around the promotion team, when you're looking at, especially like Gradle, Snodgrass, um, I, don't, I don't include Loney's as, as such in there, as, as good as Ross Barkley was over three games. Yeah. Um, but there's just, it, it's so hard to, to get a player who, there, there are players with flair, but I always consider like flair and magic two different things and it's 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 something you'll you'll never be able to account for in football managers to you know attributes or anything like that just to the ability to just do something yeah and, and, I, come, and turn I, a game i know you mean. like i wouldn't say that i mean he, he obviously did have flair but he didn't it, it wasn't the show-off type he did technically brilliant things because he thought that was the right thing to. Like he didn't try and not make someone because it was fun. He thought this is the best way to beat the player in this situation. The pass is on through his leg. That yeah. like this. This is the pass I need to make. Um, yeah. And yeah, just even in like he was certainly the highlight of the Christensen Heckingbottom season. Because he was as good as it got, um, you know. We, uh, I, mean, we obviously... I, I would say that season, there's an the first half of it you could talk about Saez in a similar way. Well, yeah, I was about to say Saez was. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word you would use to describe Sammy Saez is flawed genius. It, it was, in, in as it... much as it was the again, if you could have got those two play like could have worked it to have those two in a team together constantly and and have them produce 
it it'd been fantastic, but unfortunately, Samu Saiz had other ideas and um, yeah, decided England wasn't quite him. Because again, you, you we not not to go on too much about Samu Saiz. You had the really sad thing of that first half of the Bielsa season when he was on the bench and everyone singing for him to come on because we all knew what he could do. We all wanted to see it, but you just and in fairness, he usually did well when he came on. He, he just did, didn't want to be there. It, it just didn't. Yeah, he didn't want to be there. And as soon as that happened, Bielsa very much decided he didn't want him there because yeah. he he was in Spain, wasn't he? Before, well, before the transfer window. Yeah. Um, I think but he like, started moving in December. Yeah, um, I, I just I, I I properly loved watching Pablo Hernandez play football. It was even when we were like really shit, like the really shit bits. He would always just stand out. As someone who, and he he had that ability to just win a game for you. Like, yeah. Was it, there was that was it that Millwall game where we were shy and he just dragged us out of the shit. Yeah. And, and he's he's not the only one he did it in. That's actually quite a good question. Other than the Swansea goal, which is objectively the correct answer to this, what's the best Pablo Hernandez moment for you at Leeds? Well, there was the. There was the moment we found out the true effect of having Gianni Vio at your club when he uh, bent in that free kick. But oh, that uh, was unboxing day, and I was hammered that day because we we <laughs> ran into a load of lads that we used to play football with uh, that we hadn't seen for ages. So I ended up drinking quite heavily. <laughs> um, it, it might be that Fulham game to be honest for me. Like if it if it's not if it's not Swansea. Because that's the that's the answer. Yeah, it's Swansea. But because um, did the Fulham game follow the the Cardiff? I'm trying to remember which game it was that followed it. Yeah, I I think uh, mine mine for best Hernandez moment other than the goal at Swansea is the goal against West Brom at Ellen Road after 16 seconds. Yeah, because it was good. you know because was that Friday night. I think it was, but it was like it was, it was, a, an, it was an evening game, wasn't it? Was it was an evening game, packed crowd, everyone really excited. The atmosphere was really building up, and then for something like that to happen so quick. And was that one we went? Didn't we go on to win that like four nil? Yeah, like we just we were so good in that game. And that was the same season after. Or was it the season after like West Brom had absolutely torn us apart at the Hawthorns? Um. In fact, I think that was the season before, wasn't it? Because that was Sorry, as, the as, one as where... I just scroll through here. Yeah, we were four 0 down, and then uh, I think Saez scored like in the last minute to pull one back to four one. Yeah, um... but no, I think I think outside of Swansea, I think that's my favourite one. He he was just brilliant. I've just checked as well. The Fulham game did follow the the Cardiff games. Because obviously that was the here we go, yeah. Leeds have done it again. <laughs> They're gonna fuck it up again. Yeah, we're gonna and... get momentum derailed by an act of God and find a way to not get promoted. Yeah, I mean, Fulham were obviously Fulham were up there, um, but we were winning one nil at half time. But Fulham always were a decent threat. But mm. just put Pablo on and we just have this new outlet all of a sudden who didn't even need to much move what 10 yards e- either side of the center circle just 
put him in the middle and he'll he'll just do something. Yeah. Um I suppose it the is, other one in that that running that I always think of is is it was it I think it was the third goal, maybe the fourth, but I think it was the third when we beat Stoke five now. Ellen Road in that in that same running. Yeah. The one where we keep the ball for like two minutes and just pass it round everyone and then he scores from like twenty odd yards out and it's just one of the best team goals you'll see us score. Yeah, I mean that that especially that second half against that Stoke team was just Yeah. It's it's I think it might be one of the closest things I've seen to the classic lead 7-0 versus Southampton from the 70s. You know, when you've just... The, this the, isn't Stoke, even... Stoke are done with with 40 minutes of the game to go. <laughs> and you're just watching Leeds just go, nah, we're not. Yeah. Run, you <laughs> bastards, run. <laughs> um, no, it's... It's funny. I'm so glad I got to see one. I'm so glad I got to see him for Leeds, and I'm really glad I got to see him at Castellon, and, and even more amazed that I got to meet him because yeah. he is such a big part of our history. And I, I think I always wonder with players like that that if you're not attached to the club, how much you'll ever understand that. And I think he he's in that unique position where, because of the amount of Leeds fans that come out to to watch Castillon to see him play, mm. that I hope he, he he truly understands that because we're a daft set of fans, of Leeds fans. We, we you know we will do a lot of stupid things, but I don't you know there's not many we will do that for. No. Um. You know, as much as I would like to travel to to Washington to watch Mateus click and see wherever Gianni Alioski ends up next, and <laughs> but but no, like you know, it, because he was a special player that was part of something special, and he's just mm-hmm. like you know, it's it's very tough to forget that. You know that there there are so many players since we got relegated that that were fantastic or have done such a such a good thing for us and you know I said before Snodgrass, Gradle obviously Beckford with, with all the goals but there's just something else about Pablo Hernandez and I yeah, think we've tried for, we've tried for about 50, it's, we've tried for about 15 minutes and I don't know how to say it there's just something different about him to all of those players yeah it was just special, and you can tell by the way Leeds fans react to him. It was you don't get many players that you genuinely love, and I think he's one of them. Mm. And, uh, and, and and I think playing under Bielsa only amplified that as well because you, you have this fan base. Weirdly, that was now... weirdly, he is probably the best comparison. Yeah, because because if if Bielsa Uruguay is a bit difficult to get to. If Bielsa had gone to manage someone in Spain, I bet you'd get Leeds fans going out to watch him all the time. If he'd, if he'd have got the Bill Bow job again, yeah, um, yeah, you, you, I think you absolutely would. And yeah, I think like Pablo was very highly thought of before Bielsa, but I, I think as 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 much as we loved Calvin Phillips. 
I think Pablo Hernandez embodied the, the embodied the, the Bielsa style more than any other player did. On on the ball, yeah. Yes, yeah, so not not defensively. Off the ball, he was probably one of the less lesser. Although he, he, it was amazing how he seemed to get quicker and stuff under Bielsa, didn't he? Well, like you know, the fat bastard needed to drop some weight, didn't Nicola? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, defensively, oddly, I think the face of it might be Patrick Bamford, but yeah. um, you know, I just, I just think in terms of playing this really nice football, the the, the best football that I think any Leeds fan has probably ever seen. Well, at the very least, in a long time. Yeah. Don't, don't watch Leeds Liverpool, lads. Don't watch Leeds Liverpool. It's it's better in your head. Um, <laughs> but no, I, th- I think he just encapsulated Leeds United's attacking football as as yeah. best as anyone could. Well, I think that that's fair, and I'm I'm glad that we've ended up spending a decent amount of time talking about that because it's nice to talk about something nice because we haven't got to do that for a while lately. Yeah, just wait till someone else goes out and loan. We can slag them off again. Yeah, when uh, I'm, lo- I'm lo- here's looking at you, Mark Rocker. Oh yeah, he's off to. Yeah, I mean that him to bet. It sounds like it's pretty much done. It just isn't yet. Um, Furbo, we'll see. Um, I am same, waiting for on the same flight. I imagine this is when we know we'll get the annoying ones when like Pascal Strauch is on loan to Bournemouth, and we don't <laughs> get a fee. <laughs> Hang on, look. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll do us. Hopefully, we have some decent incomings to talk about by the next one. The, like we've been quite, we, we're quite strongly linked in the German press with Alexander Nubel for goalkeeper, but I can't see that happening. Uh, I mean, one th- one thing that is safe to say, it won't be Ryan Manning. Yeah, true. Because he is gone. But yeah, that will do us for episode two hundred and twenty-one at Mighty White's podcast. Uh, come on, you snorers, do something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been Jack. See ya. Okay, see you. Have a good one. In a bit.